Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Welcome to today's episode of the Encore Podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have with me Shannon Levy, who is someone that I came into contact with several years ago. She is one of the most interesting stories of evolution, even in the short period of time that I've known her, because I think it's been maybe three to five years-ish. And the first time I met her was at a women's networking event where she came to the table and said, I don't know why I'm here or what my business might look like, but I feel like I have something in me I want to grow. So you came to the table and wanted to learn from another group of women who were already a little further along the path. And today, every time I talk to you, you're continuing to evolve a bit and pivot a little bit. You've launched some businesses and some networking groups and really starting to shine and exuding confidence. So I love that I know you and I've watched that whole journey. So welcome. I know people who know you and love you call you Shan. So if that's okay, we will do that as well. Welcome today, Shan. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thank you. You have many interesting stories, so I'm going to jump right in because there's very there's a lot of layers to your backstory and to your history, and I know you've overcome so much. So I want mm-hmm. to make sure we get to all of that for our listeners today because there's so many amazing lessons in there and so much inspiration to just keep going, even in kind of the darkest time. If you will, then, if you will share your backstory and tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you were raised, how you were raised, some of the highlights and lowlights that might have formed who you became through your growing years and some of the hurdles and obstacles you had to uniquely overcome, that would be a great place to start. Okay, sounds good. So um, my name is Shannon Rose. Uh, my maiden name is Smith, and I come from a long line of Smiths because there's many boys in our family. I have three brothers. We grew up north of uh, Kingston, grew up on a farm. Um, some of the fa- my favorite things that we did as a kid is I worked on the farm shoveling shit with my grandfather and um, taking care of the calves and catching frogs and picking worms and selling them to make money. The boys and I, we spent a lot of time on dirt bikes and and just road bikes. And, you know, now then we could literally go like wake up in the morning at eight o'clock with something in, we would have five miles radius around our house and just go and travel and explore. And we would swim in ponds and we would drink out of the pond water. And I'm so grateful for those days because now it's so different because there's bears and ticks and people are afraid to get picked up. And like, we just had so much freedom. And then we came back in basically when it's dark, we came in to eat, we left and came back in when it's dark. We went to church. I grew up in a very like fairly strict Catholic home. However, my parents were the type of, and my family like work hard, play hard. So they worked really hard through the week. Um, They would have lots of friends and socializing on the weekend. Uh, there's lots of alcoholism in my family. We sort of sometimes refer to it as Catholic Irish alcoholics. 
And so I was exposed to um, various people in my life, some trauma at an early age. I spent a lot of time in the hospital with ear infections and stomach pains. And actually I took a, it was called diffusing anger course today. And they were talking about when you're in that angry state or any kind of fight or flight state, it shuts down your digestive system because all of the blood um, rushes to your muscles so you can run faster, like away from a bear or something. And, and I had stomach pains as a kid and was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And it just made me realize like all of the stress that I did deal with endure as a child and all the fears and what it actually did to my body. And it was because when I look back, like our parents, then they didn't know how to really communicate and and nurture. It was like work hard. You know, you go to work all day, take care of your kids. Like you're just always in that robot kind of mode. And that's what I watched my mom do. I watched her walk around, like run around like a chicken with her head cut off, trying to like manage four kids and work a job and do all these things. And so I can see where maybe some of my needs weren't met, but my, they did the best that they could with what they had. They had four kids and not, you know, mom was home for a period of time. So there wasn't, you know, a lot of money coming in. Like, you know, we've discussed before, like you understand that. And so that affects you like, and I didn't see it then. And then through my teenage years, like dealing and trying to cope with some of that insecurity and and not feeling good enough and not feeling right in myself and not, you know, I became a people pleaser. And then I started smoking because it was a way to fit in with the crowd at school. And then I started drinking and then I had an eating, eating obsession. So I was, I was really heavy, um, in grade, like I was almost 200 pounds in grade nine and, you know, and out where I live, like we didn't have a big bus. Like I would pull up to the front door to school in my kilt and there would be like disabled kids getting off the bus. Like all of those things really affected me with my self-esteem, like during high school. And then just really didn't fit in and just didn't feel comfortable in my skin. Okay. As time went on and I was really introduced to alcohol in high school, it made me feel part of Like it was like, I felt, I didn't feel as overweight as I really was, or I felt more confident in myself and I could talk to more people. And so when I started picking up with those habits, they were, they became my life because I felt important when I was in that state of calm. Cause it really deep inside me, I was full of all this anxiety and fear and like being in and out of the hospital, like never feeling that secure. And the alcohol and the cigarettes and even using pot, like helped me feel comfortable. And that carried on into my, my later life. So I met someone in college. College was so much fun that I do have to say, (laughs) because they were like, then I was allowed to do it. And, you know, growing up Catholic, there was these rules that you were to abide by. And if you want to go to heaven, you kind of have to suffer your way through being the best person that you could be. And then you'll get to heaven. And some of the issues with that is like, especially for a woman is like, you, you be kind to everybody, you know, and you allow these people into your space and your house and your, your like safe space and be kind to them no matter what, no matter, even if it invaded you, you know, like, so there were situations in my life that were 
there was like men that invaded my personal space. And because I was to be this kind person, I thought it was my fault. And I didn't, I didn't recognize that they were in the wrong and it wasn't me. Like I kept seeing it was me, right? What did I do wrong? And then had that shame and then carrying that shame and that guilt, of course, had to drink more. So it was like, I'm trying to be this good Catholic girl, which put me in these uncomfortable situations and these situations that made me feel more shameful. So then I'm going to drink more and I'm going to use more and I'm going to feel more comfortable or I'm going to eat more. So right from the get-go, like, it's like I had these addictive personalities to fill these, this void. And, and, but when I started dating, of course I would attract needy, needy people. I would attract a man, a little boy in a man's body because I can care for them and I can make them feel better. So I typically would attract the men that had like father issues that were abandoned by their dads. You, Cause you know, I'm, I'm the mothering type and they would be the squeaky wheel and they would entrap me with all their like drama and emotions and pain. And, and I'm going to make you feel better. And I ended up marrying someone like that. Okay. And it's, suck the life out of me however till death do us part so then we have kids you know I grew up and you know the the guys can still party and use and and don't get me wrong we did have some really fun times together as couples and drinking and partying and and we were like the redneck like (laughs) let's go to the dance dance on the tables out in the field driving the four-wheelers around but then when it came down to like really growing up and parenting like you know I had to be there for my kids and living with someone who was still using like that and and unavailable emotionally and physically it took a toll on me and then I'm becoming more resentful which built so then my Crohn's flared up even more I was like I remember one night I'm like nursing my son and vomiting in between and like wondering what to do with my life like I can't keep living like this and eventually that marriage broke up we broke up, um, but it was also the best thing that could have happened. Right. So then, then there's that other shame thing because like, you know, being a good Catholic woman, like till death do us part, you stick together no matter what. But I think it honestly would have killed me or I would have ended up, you know, in the psych ward. So, I mean, so I did carry some more shame and then my drinking turned into not, it wasn't fun anymore. It was a coping mechanism. I was, trying to manage being the primary parent and working a full-time job and still trying to be like the best person I could be and, and coach soccer and was on the PTA. And, but inside, like I was exhausted. I put on this front that nobody knew and I would come home and I would drink like, like a magnum of wine and beer every single night of the week and then wake up shaking in the morning. And I don't know, I look back and I don't know how in the hell that I was able to make my kids lunches on some of those days, but I did. And I drove to work and that happened day after day for many, many years until I broke basically. Like I just like, I couldn't do it anymore. And in the midst of that, because I have something called the broken wing syndrome, like I am that empathic person. And I learned from watching my grandmother and watching my mom, these fiercely independent, strong Catholic women who would be like the ones that would detox the alcoholics in our family, the ones that would provide the food for all the kids of the alcoholic fathers, like all of my cousins would come over. So I felt I had to do that. So my nephews lived with me, my partner's 
kids stayed at my house the time. So I'd have nine to 10 kids every weekend and you're cooking and cleaning. And there was a lot of fun in it too. Like let's go to aunt Shannon's cause she'll pull us behind the four wheeler on the GT snow racer. And, and those were the fun times, but then there's like the times that you know, like, you have all the snow suits and you have all the food and you have all the cleanup and you have all the emotions. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it got to the point that it drove me to drink so much that I had to reach out for help. Cause I, you know, some of the toxicity in my relationship with my husband was like something that I protect my kid, my kids from, like, there's just stuff that you don't want your kids to know. Um, and when, when drugs and alcohol are involved in that much, then, then the law is involved. And, you know, the community that I grew up in, like, grew up in, like everybody knows everybody. So, you know, there was a peace and shame in that too. Like, what did I do wrong again? So um, I eventually was drinking myself to death and I was ready to check out and leave my children. And I would never like the right Shannon, the real Shannon, the trueness. I would never leave my kids, abandon my kids. Like what is going on? And I shared that with somebody and they shared it with my mom. And one day I just woke up and really hung over again. Couldn't make it to work that day. And I just said to my mom, like, I need help. Like I can't live like this anymore. And like, and like every morning I'm like, what the frick is wrong with me? And I remember one morning she said, this always makes me emotional. She's like, stop, stop looking at the wrong and start looking at the right. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could see the right and all these people, but not me. So I reached out for help and I, and I, I go to a a, a 12 step program. That is, and I'm at, you just like, just give yourself some space because I think the hardest thing to do is admit you need help. And like, oh my gosh, that is yeah, the strength is just admitting you need help. So good for you. I have so much respect and admiration for you to be able to say, I, I need help. This is, is, you know, for yourself and for your children. So good for you. Admitting it and then asking for it. Cause I was like, I don't need any man to take it like garbage. Like, I don't need you, you, and you. I can handle all this and then try and fix everybody else. Like, what? What was I thinking? And, you know, trying to fix everybody else, thinking that was some obligation of mine that I had to give my heart and soul to try and fix other people. And then, of course, can't do that because they have to fix themselves. It, like it made me even more crazy because I, I'm like, I can't, well, how come they're not getting better? you know, with all the effort that I'm putting in, it's, it took me forever to find that out. So when I finally reached out, asked for help, got the help and completely surrendered and said, like, like walked into these, this 12 step program, like I'm dead, please carry me. And they carried me. And then I just, they taught me to put one step in, like put one foot in front of the other, keep sharing my truth. What's truly like part of me and you want to know what I identified is like instead of like doing what everyone else wants to do I had to learn to say no I don't want to do that and I had to listen to them say oh you don't want to be around your family or you don't want to do this and you don't want to do that so that would suck me in and then I would do what I wouldn't want to do but I learned to go like no that does not serve me anymore that is not benefiting my health I am going to step away from the horseshoe tournament, all the, all the fun things that I used to plan. I was the planner and, and go to a meeting or go meet someone and have a coffee instead of a drink and talk to them and, 
uh, mentors. And then I also, you know, would attract all these needy men, you know, like, and then I learned to and, and go like, why am I tracking the same person? I keep like getting into these same situations. Like what is going on? Because like attracts like. So I didn't realize, even though I was a fiercely independent woman, I was actually needing the care, giving that care to someone for me to feel valuable. Right. So when I look back now, like I used to go like, oh, like I used to attract all these people. And now I see the gift and every single one of those relationships because they taught me boundaries. They taught me that I don't want that in my life. I'm not going to give my heart and soul to you anymore. Like I will be here to help. So my friend described it one time. She said, it's like um, if your partner calls you, it's like you get to them and you allow them, they wrap their arms and legs around you and they hold you hostage and you stay and you, and you keep, you keep trying, you keep trying harder to help them. And and I need to stop going. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you from a distance. So I learned to create space between these sick, needy people and take care of me, and then I can take care of them better. But honestly, Sherry, I don't even attract them anymore. They don't even come into my life. That's great because you're you know giving off a different vibration. And exactly. Your new like attracts like is different than it used to be. I know that you have a lovely partner now that you're happy with. Very much so. Also know that it's unique and you are keeping still a little bit of space. And I don't know how much you want to share about that, but you know, you have a great relationship and I understand you're very happy, but I also know that you continue to both live independent lives and that's mm-hmm. what works for you right now. And you need to put you first. Yeah. And I think, I think people, so we both, my partner and I both grew up strict Catholic, you know, you, you meet someone, you get married, you have babies, you stay together forever. I mean, unfortunately, his wife passed away. Um, however, we have both transformed. Um, he has his own um, recovery program and process as well. So we are able to share together and really understand that, that we are comfortable in our own skin and we love ourselves now. Like we enjoy, like, I like myself. I like my own company. So I'm okay not to be around him and I'm okay not to be around other people. However, when we come together and have dinners and spend time and we laugh, it's amazing too. We just don't feel the need to move in together or get married. We, we are engaged. We have rings. So now we're like, well, we don't know. We have adult children at home and we're just so okay with like accepting what is and living in the day. And, but we're still hopeful for the future. Right. That's like, like we're still excited that we're going to go East and we're still excited that we're probably going to travel here, but we, but we really don't know. And we're okay with not knowing where we've had these discussions where we'd be so, so fearful of what's happening. Like, what if this, and what if that, like, what if he meets someone else or, or, you know, all these, this anxiety, all anxiety provoking thoughts, but we just don't, we just don't have that anymore. And then career wise too, like for me, you know, I thought I really wanted to have my own business and I do, I have my own business and it's just, it's revamped. So I'm able to like what I've learned from all the courses and that lifelong learning, I'm just bringing that into my workplace at this point. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I've learned to ask for what I need. I've learned to like express how I can benefit situations that I want to be a part of. So I don't really need to do all that outside of work and try and figure out how to make money 
without my corporate wage, I can bring all of that that I learned into this and still feel secure and still do what I want to do. So that's sort of where I'm at right now. It's amazing. It's a really great place because it sounds like you're not putting pressure on yourself. No. It's great. And got to be so freeing for you because you've explored some things and you've tried some things and you are figuring out how to incorporate them into a life that works best for you. And that includes this relationship that you're in as well. And so you, uh, you own, or you lead some, a community group as well, uh, the rustic. Mm -hmm. So that's lovely as well. And that's just giving people a space and a place to talk and share. Right. What about that? Yeah. So you rustic. So it's transforming a bit too. So it was more of a place to talk and share and share feelings, whatever. And it's, it's kind of becoming more of a resource center for midlife women. And, you know, and I'm inviting, so I've invited like, um, experts from the community to talk about like mental health and menopause. So once a month we would gather and have like this expert talk about that. And then people could ask questions. Um, so, and I don't know what's going to happen with that group. I had to, t- I just took a break from it. Like I just, I, I recognize that I needed a break from just some things in social media. And so now I'm kind of back in the swing and swing of it. And like, it's creativity part too, right? Like, I feel like when my creativity's low and maybe my energy's low, like I don't have the energy for that type of thing. But when I am feeling good, it's like, it's like coming, it's like being in a cocoon and I'm resting and building these resources resources to reignite my creativity then all of a sudden it's like it's like I wake up and I'm like oh I want to do this and I want to do that I want to try this course I'm trying new courses I'm studying some quantum like science meets meets spirituality and it's very it's very um in-depth spirituality basically that I that I didn't learn at church that I'm learning through quant science talking to like a scientist who's studied religion and it's really beautiful. And so, so much that like heart moving, but not, not everybody understands that too. Like, so finding those groups and like energy medicine and there's, it's, it's basically like Eastern medicine, Eastern um, spirituality, like the indigenous, like it's kind of all pieces of that put together. Right. It's very cool. Yeah. You are so multifaceted. And every time I talk to you, you're doing something different, which is so interesting. But I also feel like every time I talk to you, you're getting stronger. So if it's okay as well, I'd love to share the story of, you know, last year you had a major medical procedure and mm-hmm. I'll let you tell your story. But, you know, I know I heard, you know, Shannon's having a double hip replacement. And six months later, I saw you on a paddle board and I just... <laughs> fascinated by your resilience so can you share with us a little bit about that yeah so it's funny the um so I had a double hip replacement last year and that looking even back on that that stems from like structural issues as a kid like I couldn't sit cross-legged very well as a kid so I dealt with like this physical stuff as a kid and then arthritis and Crohn's can cause that so it's like all these things. So when I look back to like all the emotional turmoil and trauma that I dealt with has caused, caused these physical issues. So that's just another facet that I've studied that I really understand my body. And anyway, so I have this double hip replacement. I'm so, so excited. 
I was like the first surgery after COVID had the best team, the best surgeon. I ended up with drop foot, which is like meaning my sciatic nerve got stretched or pinched. So I was paralyzed from the knee down. So we were all so excited and I'm ready to like hike and go and let me, you know, and I can't, my foot's paralyzed. So I had to deal with that. And then I, I ended up with blood transfusions too. So I wanted to come home for mother's day. I, come home. I was like, Oh my God. That was that. Anyway, then I pulled my shit together and, um, and thought I need to just focus on moving forward. I can't think about that. I need to move forward. So I, my goal was to hike. I want to walk 5k and I want to hike in the woods without it hurting. And I just, went to my chiropractor and I taught my partner how to do reflexology on my feet every day. And I, you know, studied more about my body. And I, so this was, this is, I'm going to encourage anybody listening to this to, first of all, there's an amazing book called when the body says, no, understand your body because your emotions speak through your body. So, so much. If there's like a negative person that comes into your life, your gut is going to feel like you're going on a roller coaster. Like you're like, that's telling you that energy is not healthy. So there's all kinds of body sensations and I've learned so much about my body. And now I, I, re, I know how to reach out to the right people to help me in what area of my healing that I need. I have a team and you know what? And it's been expensive and it's been expensive for a single income. However, I look at what I drank and smoke, like I was compared to what I don't buy a lot of clothes, but I spend $200 on like Pilates and a personal trainer and great vitamins every month. And, but if I didn't do those things and had my old life, I would not be here talking to you. And I've always had this innate yearning to help other people. And I always, I just did it in the wrong way. I didn't have healthy boundaries. I let them into my life, these toxic people to like take me down with them thinking I was helping them. And now I take care of myself. And it's like that lead by example is the most powerful statement. I understand that through my own children because they've watched me in my recovery. And like, they've basically said to me, mom, you know, because you've been going to your meetings and doing this, like, I know that I can come to you about my addictions and I know where to get help. And they've both done that. That's great. It's, it's so true because I actually see you as a beacon of, you know, strength and uh, role model for resilience for sure. And it's so true. They say, you know, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first because yeah. you, you can't help anybody else else breathe and so you're living that every single day and you just you, there's so much depth there and warmth yeah tell that you're doing it with a true heart and just you know being transparent and being authentic and saying you know this is me and I've definitely had my hurdles and obstacles and I know you're still on a journey and it's going to be a forever journey for yeah. all of us as we evolve but I know that you're going to continue down that path what does the next 10 or 20 years look like for you when you think about who future Shan becomes? Do you have a vision? Do you have a goal? What's on your vision board? I did have more of that. I would say lately, like the last couple months even, um, is just, I'm just very fascinated. I'm fascinated about what's next. Um, Cause the times that I've like tried to predict it or I had really strong intentions about something or 
like they didn't always happen the way that I thought they would. So I'm just more like trusting, like I'm probably in the, the best trusting space, trusting like my higher power or God or universe or spirit or mother earth or whatever, whoever is listening can connect with love. Yeah. Is, is so beautiful and so expansive. And my mind is just very curious, very passionate, very fascinated. And these words, I feel blessed. I, I see my gifts. I see other people's gifts. Like all of these words that I'm using were never a part of my vocabulary. My vocabulary was before like, I'm so fucked up. I don't know what's wrong with me. Right. I need to do this. I should do this. What is wrong with me? You know, like there was no acceptance. There was no openness. It was like, I need to do this, 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 and this, because that's the way I learned. And that's the, the only way in the right way. And now it's like, I accept people for who they are. There's way less judgment. So like, I don't know. And that's probably my most exciting statement is I don't know, but I know, I do know that it will fill my heart. And, and I guess I want to help others. I, I want to help in whatever way that I can in my jobs looming. So I guess by wanting that and hopeful and believing it can happen and being fascinated, it is just naturally evolving. Yeah. I love that. I love how open you are to whatever the future holds and you're not on a narrow pigeonholed path to not explore what the next evolution of what you looks like and that you're, you know, embracing the now, like you were talking about earlier, even just in your romantic relationship, you know, you don't know what the future holds or what it looks like. Be very yeah. happy in the now and not fretting about it. So I think right. that's really beautiful and really freeing. And I do a hundred percent believe that, you know, that comes with life experience. It comes with maturity. It comes with faith, regardless of how you package that it's faith in something and including faith in yourself. And you're a great Testament of that. So I I love your story. I sincerely appreciate you sharing so candidly with you. (laughs) Thank you. Wanted to reach out to you. I know that you would be more than happy to, you know, have a coffee, have a conversation, just chat with anybody who may be at any stage of the journey. How would people reach out to you? Uh, The best way would be through Facebook messenger. Okay. Um, or I can, or email, like you have my email. If someone's connected to you, that's fine. And I want to say thank you to you too, Sherry. Like um, you were, when I very fearful, fear, fearfully joined the uh, Femme City in, the, in the, the network groups, like I was terrified. Like I, you were all icons to me and I was like this little mouse, it felt like. And then I learned like, you're all just people. You're all just really amazing, beautiful people, just like me trying to help other people and like also mostly feeling insecure about what they were doing as well. Yeah, I know. Like, so I thank you because you are always, you're always so welcoming. I was so kind and, and in a great heart. So I really do adore you. Thank you. I love doing this and I love just providing a space for people to share their stories, to encourage others, because we all think in our own minds that we're alone and we're the only one. And everybody right. else is so much better. And they're yeah. just not. 
And the more times that we have honest conversations with each other and we share and we realize we're all on the journey together, the so much better it is for all of us. So I do so sincerely appreciate you sharing your story with us today. And I know that I will see you at lots of events, whether it's oh, yes. professionally, but I will see you. And okay. so thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Sherry. That was amazing.